0: Hi, everybody, welcome back to an episode on Life is Love School. Today I have Rose Barn Covenant she is a pain recovery coach and she focuses on helping people overcome pain i know that many of you including myself have suffered from chronic pain and we've probably seen a lot of doctors in my case i've been in pain for over 10 years and it seems to just get worse so when i heard about rose and the work that she does i was like wow you know i really need to hear this Um, You can find more about Rose on CourageousQueendom.com, but um, I'll hand over to Mike to Rose so that she could explain how she got into this really interesting line of work. Hi, Rose. Hey, thanks so much for inviting me. Of course. Excited to have you. Uh, So what got you into um, helping people with uh, pain issues? I I can't wait to hear more.
1: (laughs) So I got into it basically from being stuck in a cycle of chronic pain for six and a half years. I had low back pain for years and years and knee pain a few years before that. And for a long time, I thought there was something physically wrong in my body. So I'd gone to different doctors. I'd gotten MRIs. They showed maybe a little bit of arthritis, a little bit of bulging disc. But nothing that would really explain why I was in such severe pain all the time. So this was like, I would work and then I would come home and lay on a heating pad. Like I would carry around a huge exercise ball at work because I couldn't sit in chairs. So this was the kind of pain, like show-stopping pain. And so I had gone to so many doctors and I basically just understood that I would have to live in pain forever. Everyone offered me pain management, different injections, different medications, and I, I started to really lose hope that I would ever break free from pain. And so my background is in public health, and I've spent the last 10 years, half of which was in West Africa working in public health. And so I've gone sort of in and out of having access to good health care. And so this year when I came back, I started looking again for other things. And I came across mind-body syndrome, neural circuit pain is what I work with now. And it started to make so much sense to me. And it was the first time that I was able to have hope that I could not just manage this pain forever, but actually recover from it. And after recovering from
0: pain, I decided that that was what I wanted to do. Well, I can so relate to your story because I've had my back pain since 2010, and it's just been getting worse. I've had multiple injections. I get a temporary relief, and then it gets worse. When I'm stressed out at work, it gets a lot worse. I can't even get out of bed sometimes. Mm-hmm. So this is this is truly fascinating. So in your case, my case as well. I have disc compression, and there's you know disc protrusion, a little bit of herniation. So it seems really legit, right? My doctor said, "You may, that's why you're in pain because your disc is." Rub- against the nerves mm-hmm. and, and he said it will not get better compression is natural you're just older get used to it just take pain pills if it gets gets too bad right sit and stand alternate heating pad mm-hmm. um, but it sounds like it's hopeless at this point you mm-hmm. <laughs> found a solution um mm-hmm. that's amazing can you tell me what I put that? In-
1: I will. I do want to put in just a small caveat in terms of giving out medical advice. So I would recommend if anyone is experiencing pain to check with a doctor to rule out anything that would require medical intervention, like a fracture, a disc that's so big, it's compressing a nerve, something like that, that would require medical attention. Um, And once you've gone through that step of ruling all of that out, And ruling in neural circuit pain, that brings me to a little bit about priming. So basically what happens in our early childhood, and I'm sure for many of your listeners can relate, if you've had things in your childhood that left you feeling unsafe, um, different trauma, and not just capital T trauma, right? This can be any sort of abuse, any sort of neglect, not feeling loved, not feeling validated. And when this happens, our brains start to think that things are unsafe. So for me, this is now how I understand why I was in pain for so long. It wasn't actually that my body had something so broken that it was causing me pain signals all the time. It was that my body had that first initial Pain, And then because your brain processes both emotional pain and physical pain in the same place, my brain kind of switched into this pain cycle of being hypervigilant because of some early childhood trauma that I had um, growing up. You know, again, for me, it wasn't a capital, capital T trauma. I had a mother who struggled with undiagnosed um, severe depression as well as Back pain. So I understand that she had this as well, but went untreated all of her life. Um, my father would go through bouts of being loving and wanting to have fun and then being very um, cruel to me, essentially verbally. So I was left feeling unloved, like I had to work for love. And so I developed some personality traits that are highly correlated with neural circuit pain. So for anyone who's listening, if you identify as a perfectionist, if you put a lot of pressure on yourself, like both (laughs) hands up and my feet are up, everything
0: has to be perfect, otherwise things are going to be bad, right?
1: So we tend to get these personality traits through growing up in A childhood where we feel like we need to fight for love, fight for validation, um, like we need to keep the peace. So you develop these personality traits and your brain starts to wonder if things are safe or not safe. And so pain, just like anxiety or depression, are signals that your brain is sending you to alert you that there's something dangerous. So it's why if you roll an ankle, you get pain in your ankle because your brain is saying, Hey, don't keep running on this or you will do more damage to your ankle. So, speaking of the ankle, um, a small example, if you think about back in the day when we were hunter gatherers, if you were running, hunting a deer and you rolled an ankle, your brain would sense that threat and it would say, okay, you need to stop running. I'm going to send you pain because you're going to do more damage to your ankle. But if you take that same example and instead you are running from a bear, and you roll an ankle, your brain now has two threats. One, you're going to damage your ankle. Two, you're going to be eaten by a bear right now. So your brain gets those two signals, and it doesn't send you pain signals at all about your ankle because it wants to prioritize your survival. So it's the same thing that we experience pain now. It's just that we have lots of different um, Input and stimuli as well as emotional stress and work stress that keeps that pain going. That's enough to keep
0: your brain in that pain cycle. Can I ask you a question about this because this so Mm -hmm. struck home for me. Um, I used to do a lot of races, um, what they call adventure races like wilderness races where you're mountain biking, kayaking, swimming in the ocean and for 24, 27 hours straight. (laughs) And at one point I was really fit. So I was in the top teams and you're literally, I'm going with three guys and they're faster than me. So I can't breathe. And apparently when I crossed the finish line, I had a big stick, um, like a tree branch stuck in my ankle. And it's funny Mm. that you mentioned ankle it was over an inch deep inside. And the EMT at the finish line actually called me over and said, lady, you got a stick (laughs) in your ankle. I didn't feel it at all. So this really, really resonated with me that it's possible to be injured quite seriously and have no pain.
1: Exactly. So pain is the way that your brain tells you that something's dangerous. But if you notice, if you have any injury, the pain goes away before the injury is fully healed. So if you get a paper cut, for example, you feel pain immediately. But after a few moments, you don't. But that doesn't mean the paper cut is completely healed. So people tend to think that when they feel pain, it's because they have ongoing tissue damage, that something is actively wrong in their body. But as you just shared in your example, it's possible for your brain to decide that it doesn't need to send you pain because
0: it's more important that you get out of the wilderness. (laughs) Or to get number one place and not get my ass kicked (laughs) by other people, right? Just uh, the desire to win can overcome that too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. That's truly amazing. So um, in in terms of when you work with people, how do you help them knowing that perhaps, you know, a portion or a rather large portion of the pain that we are experiencing is less due to the physiology and more due to the fact that our nervous system is so primed that we're unsafe?
1: Mm -hmm. So the first step is opening to having hope that you can recover from pain. For me, this was something that took some time um, because by the time people get to me, they have tried everything. They have gone to acupuncture, they've gone to physical therapy, they've gone to chiropractic, they have, you know, they've tried meditating, they tried Reiki, they, whatever it is, they've tried it. And so the first thing is to start to open to the idea that it is possible to reprogram your brain. Your brain is reprogramming all the time. If you are learning to code or learning an instrument or learning a new recipe, your brain is constantly rewiring. That is how we are built. So there's no reason, no matter what your brain has learned previously, that it can't learn something new. So the first step is to um, really open to the idea that you can recover from pain, not just manage it. Then we work through understanding the most recent pain science. So people tend to think if they have pain, it means something's broken in their bodies. Um, And we tend to go to doctors and there are certainly conditions that do require medical retreatment, uh, don't get me wrong, but there are many like bulging discs, for example, where a large portion of the population have them pain-free. So if you take two groups of people, one in back pain, one not in back pain, and give them all MRIs, a doctor can't tell who is in which group. So it just goes to...
0: Yeah, that's truly amazing because this reminded me of my experience where I had ulcers Mm -hmm. and the doctor said it was H. pylori, but H. pylori triggering ulcer, it's a similar case where if you're 40-year-old, 30% of people have H. pylori, but majority of them do not have ulcer, Mm -hmm. right? It takes also your mental stress to create an acidic environment in the stomach for the bacteria to do bad stuff.
1: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. So maybe it's similar here, right? Just because you have a bent back, because I I work in tech and I see so many people with crooked, like super crooked back that will never get straight again. They're in no pain and I look Mm -hmm. okay, but I'm in so much pain.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: So maybe that's that's that. There's definitely a emotional component to it or something Mm -hmm. that's beyond the physical. Exactly. So your brain
1: actually processes both physical pain and emotional pain in the same place. So if you've gone through having a difficult childhood or some other stressful events that have primed your brain into thinking maybe things are not safe, um, either a physical injury or an emotional trigger can tilt your brain from thinking things are generally safe to thinking things are generally unsafe. So when that happens, it becomes self-perpetuating because you feel that initial um, signal. Maybe you did slightly tweak your back or tweak your knee, or you have some initial signal. You become worried about it because that is what we do, right? And when we are in pain, that is worrisome. Mm -hmm. We bring it to a doctor. Maybe we get uh, a diagnosis, a bulging disc, or maybe the doctor doesn't know what to do with us and they just send us to physical therapy. um, Or maybe they tell us it's all in our heads, which is Uh, extremely insulting for someone who is in a lot of pain Um, so also to be clear there I'm not saying it's all in your head everything that happens in neural circuit pain the development of a mind-body syndrome or TMS is a normal subconscious physiological response to having sustained stress or sustained trauma um, or even one big trauma and that your brain is trying to keep you safe So we go through um, the neuroscience and then we work through pain reprocessing therapy to be able to change the way that your brain is interpreting stress so instead of having an initial signal and becoming worried and that exacerbating the cycle we work to retrain that and for some people that is enough just learning around the neuroscience and doing the pain reprocessing and for others
0: um, What does it it mean to do like pain reprocessing? That sounds very interesting. Is it to say I'm in pain, but then kind of soothe yourself, tell yourself that this is not that bad? So that is part of it. Um, Part is around
1: graded exposure. So when you've been in pain for a long time, you tend to get a long, long list of triggers of things that you don't do because they will cause you pain. Um, Sitting in a chair, driving, um, biking, hiking, walking too long. And so we work together to be able to essentially use your conscious mind to override your subconscious belief that you're broken by showing your subconscious that you are actually not broken. So there's two approaches to this. For some people, they prefer graded exposure, which is just a little bit um, at each time. For some people, they prefer flooding. So they learn about this and they're like, okay, now I'm going to go run miles. So That is up to every individual person. Um, I would probably err on the side of graded exposure, but to each their own. And then also working through mindfulness and somatic tracking. So in mindfulness, it allows you to build your tolerance for stress and to be able to watch thoughts and feelings and sensations for what they are. They are transient. They are not capital T truths. They are there in the moment. And somatic tracking is similar, but tunes into your body and your physical sensations that you have in your body. So the same way that in mindfulness, you allow thoughts to come and go in somatic tracking, you do the same with physical sensations. And then we can get into some deeper work through feeling the physical sensations at first, and then getting under those to some emotional roots that might be keeping your brain in this pain cycle.
0: Now, that's super helpful because when we work with trauma, whether it's physical or childhood trauma, emotional trauma, a lot of the teaching is around being present with mm-hmm. either the sadness, the anger, the negative feeling, sitting with it, right? Similar to how we just being present with physical sensation, an unpleasant one as well without the desire to tighten around it, to be angry at it, to try to push it away, feeling shameful about it, I right? Simply just sit with it. I think that's probably what you're referring to is to kind of live in peace with it. Just say, okay, you're here. Let's take a look at you. Okay. It's time for you to go. Then you just go, but you don't try to force it to go. Mm-hmm.
1: So at different points in working together, there's different levels of gentleness and firmness that you want to use with your brain. So you want to go through the accepting, um, and then as you work further into it, you can start to essentially tell your brain to cut it out. Like, okay, I have received the signal. Instead of looking for a physical route, so usually what happens, you're like, oh, I've been sitting in a chair for too long. I've been driving for too long. Instead of looking for a physical route, you look for, what was I thinking? What emotion was coming up? And then being able to look at the sensation in your body and say, okay, brain, I understand that I was feeling fearful or anxious. You sent me the signal. I got it. Cut it out. We're done. Move it along. And then allowing it to leave or stay with unattachment.
0: Um, and as you practice this more and more, the pain will leave. Well, that's amazing. I have to try it next time because my issue has always been, you know, go sit with a friend at a table. And mm-hmm. when I get up, just after 20, 30 minutes, I have trouble straightening my back. It feels like it's permanently at 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. So then I would lean against a table to try to pretend that I need a moment. And then I would straighten up. I'm constantly just feeling very embarrassed by it because I feel like I'm too young to have this problem. Uh, Mm -hmm. So the next time I have to try that, right? Just (laughs) maybe prepare (laughs) myself. I'm about to stand up that somehow talk, talk to myself and soothe myself. And how would I work through a scenario like that? I guess I'm just super interested. Mhm. So, bringing back to the first step, we would want to
1: get to the point where you feel confident in yourself that this is the cause of your pain. Because if your subconscious still thinks that you're broken in some way, no matter what you tell yourself, your subconscious is going to be like, "No, I know there's something wrong." Right? So, the first step is really getting into the neuroscience and digging into your case and Giving you the tools that you need to be your own investigator to figure out all of the evidence that shows your subconscious that this is what the pain is. And then once you have that base and you're working to essentially convince your subconscious that you're fine, then those affirmations will work for you. But when you're doing affirmations that you don't really believe, your subconscious knows that you do not believe them, so they won't be as effective. Yeah,
0: that is true too. It can make the situation worse if I know that I'm lying to myself. Mm -hmm.
1: But you can say things that are more gentle. You can say, instead of saying like, I know that my body is healthy and strong and I can get up with no pain. You can say, I am optimistic that I am recovering from pain and will feel less and less pain every time I get up.
0: Got it. So yeah. you just want
1: to find some affirmation that feels true to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can change those over time.
0: Yeah. Or I'm open to believing that healing is possible and feeling better and every day, mm-hmm. um, et etc. Yeah, totally. I love that. Okay. So, so I, I think we're, are we at the last step of this or is there more beyond this step?
1: So the last is the emotional work. So for some people, they don't need to do this step. Um, For others, they do. So for my case, I found I had thought that I had some sadness and grief. And then under that, I had anger, which I did not know that I had. (laughs) Um, So for some of us, we need to allow ourselves to fully experience and express those deep emotions that maybe weren't safe to express at the time. And then work to reprocess our relationship with them to be able to um, like l- lessen their energy, if you will, allow them to dissipate, allow them to complete their cycle so that they're not still weighing on us.
0: Now, that's a really good point because I think emotional, negative emotions, stress, anger, anxiety, sadness, grief, all of that could... Just exacerbate pain. I certainly feel that. So releasing mm-hmm. it is super important. And I guess it's not a coincidence that so many of the members of my group experience pain to more or less degree. Mm-hmm. It is. It is quite common.
1: I think people have this perception that if they had early childhood stress or trauma, then oh, maybe they would get depression or anxiety. But the same body of research includes physical pain. And anxiety and depression for many are a similar process where your brain has decided that things are unsafe, but instead of sending you physical pain signals, it's sending you anxious thoughts. So it's all part of the same
0: um, danger system, if you will. Yeah, this is so beautiful. I'm really excited about this. I've um, heard of doctor, I think his name is John Sarno. Sarno. Mm -hmm. His book, Healing Back Pain. Uh, At one point, my therapist actually recommended that I read the book. And I, unfortunately I didn't take it seriously, but now that I've listened to your talk, I'm convinced I need to read that book. <laughs> it's great to know that there is hope because at this point, the surgeons, the uh, neuroscientists, et cetera, they're telling me that I have to live with this pain for the rest of my life. And I, I don't think I'm ready to give up yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is kind of what it comes to for many
1: people. If the alternative is managing this pain forever, then it's worth really giving a go at this neural circuit approach Um, because I found, I mean, for me, for over six years, I was 100% convinced that it was something physical. I thought that my alignment was bad. I have deteriorated cartilage in my knee. I have a little bit of arthritis. I thought I had just um, like messed up my back forever and that I would have to live in the pain forever. And At a certain point, I knew if I didn't find some other solution, my alternative was this pain was going to get worse and worse. As I understood it to be physical, I thought, well, the older I get, the worse that it will be. And I just got to a point where I needed a different answer. And that is
0: where I found this. So I'm yeah. so glad to have the opportunity to share that with you. Same here. I think even the Western doctor, like my physiatrist or surgeons, they also tell me they don't understand when they look at two patients with similar MRIs, with bulging discs, mm-hmm. one is in immense pain and another one is barely feeling it, right? So mm-hmm. they can't explain a lot of these things. Um, so I think mind-body connection is definitely real thank you so much for sharing this immense wisdom and giving people hope if um, folks want to follow up with you what's the best way to contact you i
1: am on instagram at courageous queendom i'm also on facebook at rose barnes covenant and i have a group the courageous queendom a neurological approach to carrying back and
0: neck pain there as well got it is that a facebook group yes Okay, awesome. I'll put all that information in the show notes so people can find you more easily. And Rose, I just want to thank you again for so generously sharing your insights and your experience. I think it will help a lot of people, including me. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time.